from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. We're going to wrap up this week in a fun fashion talking about what the Chiefs want to see happen when they take the field, particularly in a couple of uh, jersey numbers that might be interesting. We have some of that. We have what they have coming down the pike in terms of all the revelations in the Pro Day activities this week and we have to start with just a little bit of news that some of us are really excited about i'm ryan tracy the founder of rogue analytics and your host at rgr football and some of us are not very excited about it but because we're not weird like ryan but you know it is what it is thank you for listening to everybody i am chris clark and we really do appreciate all the new itunes reviews because we've been getting a ton of those you know i i appreciate those and um i appreciate you putting up with me because it, you can't get to 10 fullbacks in Mahomes without getting to your first fullback. So now that I'm, I'm, it's out of the way and the Chiefs are signing Michael Burton, who was in New Orleans last year, um, we will dig into the meaning of that. But the fact that they have to have one, um, and it's not John Lovett. Have to have one. Have to have one is a little strong there, buddy. Well, no, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I honestly didn't expect them to sign another one. But apparently Andy wants to have one. And it's just, uh, whether it's, for the special teams role and an occasional usage or whatever, like clearly um, Reed wants to have a fullback around. And I am just overjoyed to understand that now. Yeah. Well, let's see if he makes the team first. <laughs> okay. There's a big difference between bringing in a fullback and Anthony Sherman from the past couple of years when he was a special teams ace. Uh, if this guy can do that, then maybe there's a role, but uh, I still think that there could be a viable role for for tight ends on the roster and using that position to do what you need from that position, yeah. from the fullback type position anyway. Yeah, fair enough. You know, the, the line between fullback, H-back, and, you know, backup tight end is so blurry right now in this league that if you're not somebody um, who I think we should probably talk about one of them later, um, coming up when we talk about some of the pro day activity from this week, if you're not one of those guys that kind of blurs the line between receiver and tight end, if you have like a tight end body, you can, you know, drift back to the fullback spot pretty easily. Yeah. And I think that that's probably going to be kind of the way they're going to be looking. I do think that's, you know, you look at what they were able to do last year with their second tight end and, or what they weren't able to do last year with their second tight end position. And I think they really missed a guy like Blake Bell, who I think is better at blocking than the other people they had on the roster. So I think that's something that they're going to be using more this year. I hope so. I think that especially after what we've seen the last couple of years, from the push pass to uh, the underhand smoked sausage play, like there's been innovations. Andy Reid has wanted to do some new things. And I think that's a position, whether it's an H and getting back into like the whams and, and how you move those kinds of guys around, I think it's something that might be very creative for Andy Reid and the offense to kind of move to and see what they can get done against what I still expect to be pretty light boxes. Yeah, I would think it's going to be a continually a light box, but we'll have to see how that shakes out for the Chiefs this year. Uh, you know, you look at all the different things that they've done and the different people that they brought in. And honestly, I, I want to say this really quick. I know we're talking about your favorite position at fullback, but uh, one of the things that stuck out to me that we haven't had a chance to talk about, actually, too, the Austin Blythe signing, I think that's a great signing for Kansas City. I didn't expect the money he got. I expected it to be a little bit more than he got. Mm -hmm. So to me, that means that they're looking at him as more of a stopgap than necessarily their starter for the future. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, 
what is a 750 of it in, is incentive based. So that's pretty significant. Right. Right. And like 900,000 guaranteed. So, uh, you know, that's not, that's not a huge deal. So actually I think I really like that signing. I liked it before, but now I really like it because of that as well. And then you get into the John Reed signing. And I think that there's a big key there is been thrown out there by multiple different people that Reed turned down more money from other places, including the restructure in Seattle, because he wanted to play with a team uh, that could get him to a championship. Right. Mean something. And that's, yeah, I think that's, that's the type of player that Kansas City needs to be focused on every single offseason. Yeah. And and let's not underestimate the influence of Frank Clark already being on this roster and bringing in somebody that he knows he can play with. So um, I think it's all a plus plus, and hopefully they get exponential growth, not just one plus one. So um, we will see. One plus one equals three. Yeah, maybe we certainly could be. Uh, or five five. How about that? And five five is going to be interesting. A single five and a one. Like there are a number of options that could be coming up. Number wise, we're going to get into that coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing. And Bet Online even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Chiefs, but what about the rest of the league? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by Peter Bukowski, and it's all about sports, all you need, all the news, every morning, and it's under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Look at you with your play on words. Well done, sir. Sometimes it works. As long as it's not spelling, you're good. Right, exactly. If it's numerals, I'm awesome. If it's letters, I get in trouble. Uh, so the Chiefs actually are out there leading the way on a couple um, of things. They they generally do this once or twice a year. They come up with a concept. You know, it was the overtime rules one year. There's been some other things. This year, they put out a proposal to kind of expand uh, the numeric ranges that certain positions can wear. Um, and Matt Derrick had a great tweet on this about the fact that they have 10 retired jerseys. And so it's a little difficult for them. But uh, I think it's interesting. And A, what's your resp- your reaction to it? And B, do you think it makes it it could make the NFL feel more like the college game? I think it could. And I think, you know, I'm really torn on how this is going to work with the NFL and not to be a stick in the mud. But I think that part of the reason that they use it the way they have in the past is it's trying to make sure you know what players are supposed to be able to do what, and it makes it easier. So if you start going to all these different numbers, then you don't have a clue as to who can be where and what they can do. Uh, so I, I think that that could play into it. But at the same time, you know, it's today's day and age. I mean, you really don't have players that can't go most places anymore. I mean, linemen, offensive and defensive linemen, you know, can do, uh, pretty much anything. Well, I mean, offensive linemen have to stay within, you know, the passing block, the pass blocking area uh, for that. But that's really about the biggest thing that you have to worry about. Uh, special teams, there could be issues. But again, I think all of it is, you know, for not. I think that at this day and age, I think you could probably 
you know, if, if players want to go to more jerseys, more different number of jerseys, I think you can do that. And I think that it should be fine. The thing I think will be funny about it is the first year seeing a linebacker wearing a, a number like six, like uh, I think Willie Gay wants to do, uh, will be rather interesting. Uh, but I also thought that Matt threw out a great tidbit. I did not know this. I thought Joe Delaney's number was retired. It's not. That They've just sense. never issued it since. So that's interesting to me. And I knew that Tony jo- Tony Gonzalez's jersey wasn't retired, but they want to retire it too, but they can't because they'll be short on numbers. Right. Yeah, I didn't realize. It's a good Delaney. problem to have. It is, absolutely. I didn't realize about Delaney either until today. Um, and certainly I, I'm all for it. Get 88 retired. I don't really want to see anybody else wear that number, but you're right. You have to be able to move around the and Jody. We like you, but sorry. No, you shouldn't wear it. Yeah. I mean, Hey, it is what it is. Um, but Hey, you also have to be able to, to feel the team that looks individualistic and, uh, it, it maybe it's a unique problem, but at least the, the chiefs are being a little bit, um, forthcoming in that they want to do this for their own reasons, but it also changes the, the landscape of the league. And, when you take a step back and you look at it from a league perspective, I think it does um, allow players to wear, wear their college numbers more often because college rules are a lot looser. Um, and then I do think that it makes it a little bit more fun for fans that watch the progression from maybe even from high school. If you're, you know, if you went to Raytown South and you know, Jarrell Cox from back in the day, it's been fun to watch him go from there to North Dakota state and now to LSU. And hopefully into the NFL, maybe even playing in a stadium a couple miles up the road from Raytown South. But that kind of thing, I think that progression of being recognizable through the passage of time, I think that's kind of a cool aspect too. And I think it lets fans connect with players um, along with their numbers, not just what their role is on a given team. Man, you're really diving all in on this. I'm impressed. I, you know, I will say this. I think that, it could be very interesting for the NFL to do. I wonder the the big question I'm going to have is if they're going to do this, how are they going to implement it? Because you've seen in the past where people can't change numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you're going to open this up to everybody to be able to do it, then I think you're going to have a lot of people probably changing numbers next year or whenever this would be implemented. So uh, that would be interesting to see, but you know, at the same time, it is what it is. And I, I just, I guess my first thought when you said that, you know, college is a lot looser when it comes to numbers. My first thought was, wait, college has rules when it comes to numbers? I mean, I assume. I don't know. Because they have like multiple players with the same number on the same team. Well, yeah, you have to put the D or the O, right? So you know which one you're talking about. Right. (laughs) The pluses of having a 53-man roster. Um, I don't think you're going to get into that. Yeah, I, well, I, you say you say that and you laugh, but at the same time, think about it. How many players ended up on uh, IR for most teams last year? Probably four or five. Mm-hmm. So that gets you to fifty-eight. They have what thirteen practice squatters, or was it fifteen last year? I can't remember, but it was way up there. So I mean, that's an extra twenty players between IR and practice squad. You're getting close to. I mean, at that point, you're getting close to eighty. Yeah. I'll tell so, you what will be even more interesting, and the teams are one of the teams that could run into it. What if, because of the, what the past rules have been, if you open it up and DBs can wear single digits now, what if the Chiefs were, you know, I think he actually, his pro day bumped him up some, but Jacoby Stevens 
from LSU. I think he has been a lower level prospect, but I think he's rising a little bit. I think he's still a day three guy. Certainly somebody that will be within the range of the Chiefs to select. Well, he got voted to wear number seven at LSU, just like Tyron Matthew did back in the day. What if they're both on the same roster and they both want their seven back? I think that kind of conundrum would be really interesting to see. Obviously, the veteran's going to have the edge, but you know somebody might be having to pay somebody off. Yeah, that's true. And man, I I don't want to see Tyron Matthew go back to seven. I think that'd just be weird. <laughs> but you know, I guess I'm being the old man in the room on that one. Hey, it's about time. Yeah, <laughs> I think at the end of the day, I, I don't know whether it has a likelihood to pass or not. You know, I think there's a more important rule out there that uh, let's officially do away with overtime in the preseason, especially now that it's only three games. So it's going to be 12 quarters and out. And I think that helps you avoid injury and everything else. Um, yep, I don't know why that that would not pass. Yeah, right. Um, but it's interesting. The owners meetings and when these things come around, I think that's it's always a fun time to look at, at how it could be changing the game. You mentioned the owners meetings and something actually came out today that actually could affect the chiefs indirectly uh, to do with the owners. The Los Angeles chargers sound like they are getting ready to go through a very messy legal battle. Rut row. Sounds like one of the owners of the chargers is trying to get a judge to force the Spanos family to sell them. Oh, wow. That should be entertaining. She owns like 13% and uh, the Los Angeles paper posted some pretty interesting numbers of what the trust owes to uh, different members of the family and how much money they don't have. So uh, I could see that this may end up ending not well for the Chargers, at least from a perspective of the ownership being in the Spanos family. Although I wouldn't mind seeing different ownership personally, but I have to think after all of the changes that we've seen through the years at the coaching level and the GM level, um, nothing's changed medically. They still have this streak of injuries. So maybe an ownership change is a good thing for all involved. I'll be interested to see if that that's the way that it pans out. And I'm also really interested to see like what's going on that could affect how they draft and how the Chiefs draft. And the pro days are a big part of it. There's been some fire lately. We'll get into that after this one. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It's Built Bar Madness. Their daily matchups as all the high powered flavors go head to head. Go to BuiltBar.com or at BuiltBar on Twitter. Check out the matchup and vote in the Built Bar bracket. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back and see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get podcasts. So, all all jesting aside about whatever happens in Los Angeles, um, they're going to be looking to add talent just like everybody else is in this league. And I think there's a, a couple of things that have stood out to me lately. You saw... Uh, as we tail out to the end of the pro day circuit, um, some of the bigger schools have gone here with LSU this week, with Ohio State, with uh, uh, Bateman, even though he's a one man wrecking crew up there, like he had a great day. Um, 
a lot of standouts here in the last few days. Anything in particular that uh, really piqued your interest? I think it's interesting that you have a couple of guys running four three eight at in LSU at LSU for the wide receivers. Uh, I don't think that obviously Jamar Chase is going to go early, so that's not going to be an option for Kansas City. But you have to wonder where Marshall's going to go. Uh, is that going to be somebody that that could be around for Kansas City that they would consider looking at? I'm really glad that you brought him up because that's exactly where I was going to go to. <laughs> Imagine that. I know, right? The fun part is, is they both, LSU ha- officially has two players in the top eight in the athletic matrix at the wide per- receiver position for this class. I expected to Marshall to be pretty athletic. I did not expect that kind of result. And I agree with you. I think, I think it does put him squarely in the range of where the Chiefs are. Quite frankly, I think it might put him uh, as confirmation bump him up a little bit where the Chiefs, this might be that thing that we talked about last week or earlier this week as well. If they have to move up five spots, is it worth it to do to get a player that they like? Yes. And he might be a guy because he can certainly play the X. I think he's more athletic than the majority of the X's we've seen come through here. At this point, he's on par speed-wise with Sammy Watkins. And that's a key. Uh, The question is, is can he run the routes? Is his body going to be good enough? Uh, And Obviously, Sammy Watkins' struggle with keeping healthy is his huge issue. So, you know, I think that if they could find an X position in this draft, and even if they have to draft him in the first round, I, I don't mind it because I think that as long as they get somebody at left tackle before the draft, which I can't imagine they won't, I just have a feeling they're going to find some, they're going to, they're going to sign somebody. I don't know who it's going to be, though. I, and we, we do not get any kind of fire. Like, that's there's no smoke. There's no nothing on that. That's what's yeah interesting to me. I, I agree with you. And I, I think I still think there's more tackles available in this draft than that they probably want, given how little movement we've had on the tackle position. Um couple of notes. Yeah, but are there. you willing to take a second or third round pick at tackle? Well, th- that's my because point. that's what you would have that's what you'd have to do if you're going to take the wide receiver in the first. Right. And so, well, and the only thing that trips me up there is because I've had this argument with a couple of people, but I do feel overall that Tevin Jenkins is meant to be a right tackle. He's pretty athletic. Could he jump out to left? Possibly, but that is a position change. I don't think he's played left since his freshman year. And the really interesting thing to me just happened. Was it yesterday or the day before? Uh, Yeah, they ran Wednesday. Notre Dame's coach, Kelly, comes out and says, I think that Liam Eikenberg is a plug-and-play right tackle. And my jaw about hit the floor. Like, it it may be fine to say that he's athletically limited and whatever, whatever. The the teams will evaluate that. But for your coach to come out and say, yeah, he's been my left tackle, but he's going to be great on the right in the NFL. Like, it's just like, why would you even say that about the kid? Honestly, if if they feel, if he feels like he can't play left tackle in the NFL, I can see why you would say it as long as Liam Eichenberg is okay with it. Uh, but that's going to kill his draft stock. Yeah. And honestly, the other issue, really the bigger issue in that regard is one, it's going to kill your draft stock Two, You know, I would imagine that most teams have probably said that they th- feel like can be a right tackle, but not left. And I know people will argue that they're interchangeable. They're really not. I don't care what you say. That's not an interchangeable position. 
There's a, there's a difference so, between being of equal value now, which I do agree with more than say 10 or 15 years ago, but yeah, interchangeable is a completely different concept. Well, okay. So I would even say that they're not even equal value. I would say left tackle still, I wouldn't say head and shoulders, maybe above right tackle, but I would say it's, you know, at least, you know, a couple feet above left tackle at this point in my mind. I mean, you know, I just look at it and say, if you were a right-handed quarterback, you still, you still have a drop back. It doesn't matter if you're playing shotgun. And that's the thing that just drives me nuts with people is they sit there and they say, well, they're taking snaps from the shotgun. Okay. So you stand there flat footed with both feet at the same level and throw the ball, right? (laughs) No. You drop back. You have a drawback. It doesn't matter if you're shotgun or not. Give me a break. So if it's your blind side, it's your blind side. I, I digress. I'm done. It's all right. Hey, it is what it is. But I, I think the general turning of the concept, though, is I think that especially if if the Chiefs were to agree with Coach Kelly that Eichenberg in particular is probably a right, and maybe they agree with you that. Maybe that's not where they want to go. Maybe they maybe they feel Marshall's a better prospect overall just on their board, one to one. Well, don't put don't put it on me. I'm not saying that. I just I don't know, you know, what it comes down to. I mean, I don't have a board right now, so I can't really tell you where I feel like all these different players should go. What I will tell you though is that the Chiefs are going to stick to their board and they're gonna get who they think is going to make them the best team. Well and- now the other thing I want to point out and just really quick and we don't have to stick on this, but I did find it interesting. Uh, one of, I can't remember what site it was, maybe CBS Sports or something like that, put out a uh, tweet and said, you know, what about Kadarius Tony with the Chiefs and had four other Chiefs players on it. And it was missing one particular player. And he did not take that, take very kindly to that. I heard about this, but I didn't see it myself. Yeah. Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Kadarius Tony, and guess who took it? Took a little bit of a problem with that. Who got all mad? Yeah, McColl. <laughs> McColl wasn't very wasn't very happy. He, he did a little notepad and and put that out there. Well, hey, I like that. Let, let's let's get a little pissed off. Let's drive yeah. that through the off season, okay? Um, OTAs. Let, let's get on the same page as Pat. Let's run through all of our routes. Let's, uh, because quite frankly, McColl should be because uh, quite when you compare them, Canary's Tony does a lot of things that McColl Hartman does. Well, and that's fair, but at the same time, I'm just still sitting here going, well, you know, I, I think that that probably is, I, I can't see them going that direction. I know it's been a very popular mock pick to the Chiefs, but if they're going to look for another guy like McColl Hartman, they're not going to do it in the second, in the first or second round. I would. I'm sorry. They they did it because they were afraid about Tyree Kill. That's why they did that. But they're not going to go get another identical receiver and have three of those guys. I don't think uh, because you still don't have your ex. You don't have a guy that can go in and do that kind of work, and, and you need that. I would tend to agree with you. Um, so, what other one before we uh, quit for the weekend? I want to throw this name out because I'm going to be doing more research on him. You guys should go check out Jacob Harris. From UCF, he's one of Dane Brugler's sleepers that just came out here today. Um, and a guy, quite frankly, that was not on my radar. But after his pro day, um, it was really, really incredible at six foot five to run the fastest timed three cone in this draft class. 
least of the official reports that I have. That includes corners. That includes everybody. Uh, and six foot five, two hundred. What's his position? Pounds. Yes, they are right in between. They list him as a slash wide receiver slash tight end. Now, two nineteen is a little light for that tight end position. Now we're talking about you know Ricky Seals Jones. I don't even think Jody Fortune's two hundred five, but another interesting <laughs> option. This is going to be like probably a day three guy. I hadn't even seen him graded on film, so I'm going to have to do it myself. Um, but but another pickup that is like the uber athletic type, like basketball conversion kind of thing right. that we've seen this team dig. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with them taking a flyer on a guy like that. I think that that could be a good project. But here's the thing on that. You have to be – there's so much that's going to go into that if you're going to plug him into a tight end position because I really don't think at six five two nineteen he probably can be a wide receiver. I mean, I guess it's possible, but – that's an awfully large wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, the bigger question is, if you're going to try to plug him in at tight end, how much weight do you have to have him gain to be viable at tight end? 20 pounds? 30 pounds? You might be able to do Is he still going to be able to move like that? If you do it at 15, you might be able to get away with it. I don't even know the guy's frame. I'd have, I, I literally have not seen but, him. Well, the, I, I understand, but that's my point. I mean, that's really what you got to start getting into if you're going to go that direction and if you're going to try to make that kind of project. But... That kind of project to me sounds like it's got to be a, you know, late round pick or a undrafted player, not somebody that's going to get drafted in the fourth or fifth round because fourth or fifth round, you're still looking for special teams guys that are going to be able to contribute at least at some point uh, in this during the season if if somebody goes down. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. That'd be interesting. I, I really think that they have a lot of options, especially when it comes to wide receiver. Uh, you know, bringing back Robinson and having Pringle is going to help a bit, but it's not going to shock me if they go wide receiver in the first round. If they like Marshall or they find somebody else there they like, and maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe they go with Tony, but I will tell you this. If they go with Tony, that is not going to be good things for Michael Hardman. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and I, I have a very, very hard time seeing that. I think Bateman or, or Terrace Marshall are going to be the picks at wide receiver that are going to be available that fit what they want to do. So, And even that's a stretch. So, Let us know what you think. If you have a prospect that you're dying to see or that you think is the perfect fit, hit us over at iTunes or add us at Locked On Chiefs on Twitter. That said, we will find out more as we go along. We'll have plenty more for you as we get closer to the draft. Hope that you guys are having a good time. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back with you late Sunday. We will talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.